I'm Ryan Nidell, host of 15 Minutes to Freedom, your daily action guide to getting shit done. Today's episode is entitled Lessons from Lewis, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the content. In today's episode, I want to share how being open and receiving lessons from those around you can have a complete shift in your perception of reality. So to sit in the studio, it's a little interesting to me. And what's interesting is the fact of I've had this chance to grow and to become aligned with or have conversations with people that I never previously thought possible. You see, with a podcast, it's unique because you, I'm finding I have this voice that now carries. It transcends space and time that I'm able to see. And what I mean by that is when I put out consistent daily content or I consistently have ranking that's high on iTunes or the right person hears the message at the right time and shares it with somebody else, eventually there's another level of people, I'll say in the social hierarchy that we or that I believe to somewhat exist, that are able to come into my sphere of influence or maybe the other way around. Maybe I'm coming into theirs. But in that, there's this unique situation that's happened. And that situation was Lewis Howes comes on the show. And that's not unique in its own right. You know, Lewis is a what seems to be a fairly down-to-earth guy. You see, Lewis is from Ohio. He's actually from Delaware, Ohio. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the geography of, of Ohio as a, as a state, live in Columbus, kind of smack dab in the center of Ohio. And Delaware is ultimately just a little suburb of Columbus. And so it was a time, maybe as long ago as four months prior, that I saw Lewis posting he was in Columbus. And it's somewhat a rarity to have someone with notable social stature to stop by in Columbus. Admittedly, I knew nothing about Lewis at that point. I just saw, you know, I think an Insta story of him driving around the Ohio countryside, hashtagging Columbus or hashtagging Ohio. And I'm, I'm confused. Like, I don't, I don't understand what someone's doing here. And not because Ohio is a bad place to visit, but because it's certainly not the most easy place to travel in or out of. The Columbus International Airport, although it is international, has a very limited flight path and flight pattern to get in and out of. So I messaged Lewis. My fear of reaching out to people about being on the show is somewhere around zero. It might actually be negative. I, I almost get off on the fact of either being told no or being pushed into the doghouse of like the lack of response. So I messaged Lewis and said, hey, man, I see you're in Ohio. I'd love to meet up, shake your hand, say hello. I don't know much of anything about you, but something tells me to say hello. Time passes, and at some point he responds with, man, I'm in and out just for a quick minute. Maybe next time I'm around we can grab something, grab something to eat or say hello. I say thank you. I think nothing else of it. Fast forward another probably four months, and Lewis has his mastermind event, his you know, school of greatness event, however you like to call it, here in Columbus. And I wake up one morning to a direct message from Lewis to me saying, hey, man, I'm going to be in Columbus. Let's get together. Uh, okay, sure. Now, mind you, it's been months and months and months since I reached out to Lewis. 
Now, I'm not saying that I'm somehow magically on Lewis's radar, but it would also be facetious of me to assume that I'm not on his radar. And I'll continue to explain why. And so Lewis and I go back and forth, and he tells me his School of Greatness event is here and invites me to stop by the event. I offer him the opportunity to come on the podcast. Still somewhat foolishly, I don't realize the magnitude of the media enterprise Lewis has built for himself. When I say media enterprise, I don't know much of anything about his story. But as we're having this conversation, a few days later, I see the interview that starts launching and going everywhere with Kobe Bryant. I'm like, man, all right. So I got this guy that's coming on my podcast, coming to my office, who's pushing traffic and everybody in the world is posting this interview that I, at least everybody I follow on social media of him and Kobe. Kobe. I have a friend named Kobe. Kobe Bryant. And then I'm like, all right, you know, there's, he, he has access to people that I currently at this moment do not have access to. And then so happens as he's flying, he lands in New York City before his event. And I'm watching this story on his social media handle, on Lewis House page. And then I see him on Good Morning America. Huh, okay. All right. Then I see him leave that and go to Jesse Inser's birthday party in Connecticut. And if you don't know Jesse, please do yourself a favor and look him up for a handful of minutes. He's part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. A really an incredible person. There's some really phenomenal people at his birthday party, some of which I know from other things I've been a part of. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, this guy's supposed to come to our little office on Monday morning for, for an interview. And so he does. He gets into Columbus late on Sunday. We go back and forth, his assistant, myself, Lewis, and he shows up at the office. He shows up for an interview. Just as humble as can be. Like, here's this guy that literally 48 hours earlier is on one of the biggest shows on morning television, Good Morning America, in New York City. And he doesn't call when he gets here. And our office, as I've shared maybe a handful of times, is actually really in an industrial building. Like we're in an old tomato steak factory that we have the upper floor. It's about 2,200 square feet. That's just, it's a hodgepodge of businesses that all are in this kind of open shared space. We have the top floor. You have to walk through another building or another part of another business to even get to our stairs to get here. And when you arrive, we have this open floor plan with graffiti all over the wall and concrete floors that are kind of messed up. And then this little 16 by 16 square box where we record the podcast. We have these metal stairs, too. Like when you come from the lower level and you walk up, we kind of get we get the tip on you a little bit because you hit hit that first or second stair and we know someone's coming up the stairs. You certainly couldn't sneak in here without being heard. And so I hear somebody walking up the stairs, and I said, hey, is Ryan here? And it's Lewis, and he's walking up the stairs. And there's this momentary second that passes. So I guess the second that passes where I'm nervous. Like there's this flash of, oh, shit, this guy's here. Because I've now built Lewis up from paying attention to where he's at and paying attention, he's surrounded, paying attention to who he's surrounded himself with. I'm like, oh, my God, how's this guy in my office right now. And I'm not looking around embarrassed because I have what I have and I've created what I've created. And it's not just me. It's a whole team of people. 
it's fortunately one of those days where I have every person that's part of this thing that I've built, not only the podcast, but the marketing company and other products and services that we offer, that we're all together in the office. And so in that, he's here. And we just start talking. Because foolishly, although I do a little bit of background research on every guest, I like to take people and meet people where they're at. I want to hear their story, not the story I read online. And so that's what happens with Lewis. We sit down and we have a, what I'll call a pre-show interview. We're just sitting in this exact same office, no microphones on, no cameras on, just getting to know each other. And in getting to know each other, there's all these things that come. You know, Lewis started in digital marketing. He lived in Columbus, Ohio. Lewis actually used to sleep on his sister's couch that is less than a mile away from here. We laughingly said we could probably stand on the roof of this building and throw a baseball and hit his sister's house's front porch. The house where he slept on the couch. And while he's saying this, I'm not realizing the magnitude that exists in that moment. We continue on and he starts talking about his digital marketing and living in the short north here in Columbus and that eventually he grows the company and sells it because he's a partnership disagreement. In that he moves to LA and he decides to launch a podcast. And I look at him and say, when was that? Now granted, Lewis as of last week hit 80 million downloads lifetime on his podcast. Here I said, as you consume this content, I'm probably north of 2 million downloads. Here's Lewis at 80 million downloads. He says, well, it's been about six and a half years. Like, okay, all right. And so we continue on and we start just talking about his evolution of how he's went through and some of the business things that he does. Eventually, we wrap up the interview and Lewis leaves. I want to recap Lewis's interview. That's not what this episode's about. But in that, something happens. He leaves, and I return back to the same chair that I'm sitting in right now with this blue and black foam wall behind me. And I'm looking at the chair that he was sitting in right across the desk, and I realize in that moment there is no difference between Lewis and myself other than the story I've told myself. There is no difference. He's about my height, a little taller. He's maybe got a more athletic build versus an ex-bodybuilder build, but there's not a visual representation of the two of us is not that far off from one another. He owned a marketing company and a digital company that he sold. I own currently a digital marketing company and have been involved in that for a long time. I've sold one or two myself. He's been at peaks and valleys throughout his life. So have I. And he's got a podcast. It's no different than what I have. The difference in what happens is he spent six and a half years building what he has built. Where I have spent six and a half months. That's it. There is nothing different about him than me. To some of you listening right now, you yourself might think, man, who is Ryan to say something so grandiose? How could he compare himself to this guy that's been on Ellen, 
that makes tens of millions of dollars a year that has 80 million downloads. I'll tell you how, the same way that you should do it. He's got a six and a half year head start on me. You see, comparison is what kills all of us because I look at him in the moment from this high level perspective of viewing what he is on social media. I'm like, man, what am I doing? How can I compare to this guy? How can he even come in this office? He's been on some of the biggest stages with the biggest people in the world. And here I am, little Ryan in Columbus, Ohio. He's going to walk up my stairs and spend time with me. And then in spending time with him, I realize there's truly no difference from him and me. He has just put in the time and energy consistently enough and had the right strategic alignment to push himself into the forefront of eight or 900,000 people's lives. And from the podcast, 80 million. And so as I'm still sitting in the same chair that I'm sitting in right now, and I'm looking at the chair that he was sitting in, and all these emotions are coming over me, I'm realizing how small I've been playing. You see, another thing happens when Lewis and I are recording our podcast, that I've had a goal, as you have heard, for a long period of time, to impact one million people's lives. You see, I don't assume that Lewis has listened to my podcast. I think that would be a little presumptuous. I don't sit here and think of who or what or how often any of you listen to this podcast. It doesn't really serve me in the moment. I'm setting up that frame for you because I don't believe that as I had been sharing for months and months that my goal is to impact one million people's lives, Lewis sits across from me without any pre-frame of knowledge or bias and says, yeah, my goal is to impact 100 million people's lives. And he says it just as calm and collectively and stoically as I say a million people's lives. And in that moment, I then realize yet again how small I've really been playing. He said, think about your life right now. Where are you possibly playing way too small or convincing yourself that you're not able to do something that you wish to do? You see, here's Lewis saying he's going to impact 100 million people's lives, and I can't help myself from the egotistical side of me, but also from the fact of knowing where I'm at now versus where I can arrive at. I instantly say, man, I've been playing too small. I'm going to hit 120 million people's lives. I'm going to trump up where you're at. Now, there's a lot of different ways we could look at impacting people's lives. I have shared over and over and will continue to share that my goal is to have direct messages, emails, handshakes, or content that you have consumed that has enough of an impact in your life that you give me some sort of either virtual, digital, or in-person handshake. The crazy part about that is I can truly say I don't do it because I'm looking for the adulation or the self-assurance. I'm doing it because something inside of me is telling me that that's what I need to do. And because I was such a drain for so long versus a fountain that it feels phenomenal to give back every day. It inspires me every day to do more and be more than I was the day before. And sometimes that growth is exponential and sometimes it feels like it's centimeters, not even inches. But in this conversation, this day of Lewis and then the weekend of more Lewising, as I'll call it. There's more and more lessons. Like here I am at his event. And his event, the, the summit of greatness, 
It's not the school of greatness. His book is a school of greatness. The event here is a summit of greatness. As I'm at the summit of greatness, and I'm looking around at all the speakers that are there, and I can't help but be in a moment and also, I'll say, on a moment. What that means is I'm an active participant in the event. I'm sitting in my chair, I'm consuming content, and I'm, I'm part of the experience. But I have this unique ability, maybe it's not unique, maybe it's just me, that I'm also able to almost remove myself from being present in the seat and look at all of what is being built around us. Seeing that in between guests, Lewis has a live band come on stage and increase the percussion so there's a physiological event that happens in your chest because you hear and feel the drums beat as a speaker comes walking down from the back of the room in through the crowd and up onto the stage. And I instantly am thinking in that moment, man, that's a great thing. I want to do it at my event. Because I know the day will come that I have an event like the Summit of Greatness. There's no reason for me not to. I have hundreds, if not thousands of friends with impactful lessons and things to teach and share with you. No, they might not be Kobe Bryant, but they are the Kobe's of their own industry. They are the beacons of light that I look up to or look forward to communicating with. So then again, there's no difference between Lewis and I. And so as I'm watching this and I see the way that he sets all this up and I'm in awe of the stage and the lights and the cameras and the way that he works the crowd and I'm literally taking notes in my phone of all the brilliance that he's established in this room from his experience. Yes, my friend, his experience has led him to this. See, this is the third or fourth year of the Summit of Greatness. So I'm sure in year one, it was not like it was in year three or four. He skinned his knees a few times. He's learned some lessons along the way. So he, again, is four years ahead of me. Just as I, when I throw my first event next year in 2019, something will come causes a shift in me to have to expand for my next event in 2020 to be different than the one in 2019. But in this event, Lewis eventually hops up on stage in between speakers and says, look, you know, we're at emotional high. We're at this pinnacle of the day. Great speakers, great energy, percussion, lights, air conditioning is just right. He's moving the temperature up and down throughout the throughout the event. There's things that are psychological triggers that you may not know exist when you put together an effective room for an event like this. If you're too hot, you get uncomfortable, you tune out. If you're too cold, you don't pay attention because you're shivering. So as people are coming and going, there should be an ebb and flow of what the temperature is in the room. See, these are the details that matter. And there's part of everyone's life where details truly matter. And Lewis has spent the time or his team has to figure these out. But in this, Lewis then sits up on stage, super relaxed, literally crawls up on, walks on the front of the stage, sits down, feet dangling off the edge, just asks, who's having a good time? Of course, the crowd erupts. Rawr, everybody's happy. Man, this is amazing. Everybody's clapping. He says, okay, look, really simple. I'm going to come back next year and it's going to be bigger and better than ever. We got some crazy people tonight to shut down the show, and it's why Clef Jean is here. And it's an intimate experience for those that are in the crowd. He says, Look, it's going to be even bigger next year than it is this year. And so, what I'm going to do for the next eight or nine minutes is throw up a link on the screen 
And if you want to secure your ticket for next year's event, do it now. It's only going to be 197 bucks. Now, some of these tickets to the event, people paid anywhere from 497 to 997 or maybe even more to be in the crowd. So this is, a, this is a screaming deal. This is phenomenal. The crowds erupted at the fact of how good of a time they've had. They're excited about Wyclef that's coming on you know, later in the evening, maybe four or five hours later. There's massive energy. There's been massive impact. And he just says, look, if you want to come again, there's a link. It's only going to be good for another eight or ten minutes. Seven, eight, nine, ten minutes past the link gets taken down. There's another speaker on stage. There's conversations that get had. Lewis comes back out in between the next two speakers. At this point, there's one speaker left. Lewis says, hey, look, I appreciate everybody that ordered a ticket. We've sold just over 800 tickets so far. In selling those 800 tickets, I have this thing, this ego, this calling to sell 1,000 tickets before I leave. So do me a favor, if you bought one, buy two. If you bought two, buy four. If you bought four, buy eight. Log back in, I'm gonna throw the link up for another three or four minutes, buy more tickets, and let's get to the thousand. I appreciate your support. Steps off stage, another speaker comes on, comes back out to close down the show. How many tickets do you think he sold? More than a thousand. So in the period of two hours, he sold $200,000 worth of tickets to next year's event. Now, some of you that might not have been in the event space or have seen the magnitude of speakers that are at his events or the way that he conducts everything, as I'm doing the reverse mathematics, I truly believe that the hard cost of paying people to show up and to have the five-star accommodations and to do everything the way he does it is probably two hundred grand. But Lewis, by... Paying attention to the details, adding massive value and impact to people's lives, and then asking people to support him brings in enough revenue before he leaves this year to support and pay for next year's event. All the speakers, the venue, the hotels, everything. So any more people that come from now until then, he knows is something that's extra. And I'm enamored by this. I'm like, man, this is just brilliant. Like, the captivated nature and all the things that he's figured out can be instantly applicable to exactly what I'm going to do because I'm not going to throw one event in my life. I'll throw a series of events. And in that, then he starts talking about a mastermind with me. More one-on-one -on -one because as you may, may have figured out, our team has essentially put together this perfect play formula for podcasting. You may enjoy the sound coming out of your speakers out of your headphone that happens to be my voice but all the things behind the scenes to help us get to high rankings in itunes are replicatable and duplicatable if given the right framework i want nothing more than to share that with people because i truly believe you as you listen and hundreds of thousands if not millions of other people should also start to share their story they should share their story because there's some sort of peace that comes over you of realizing you're no longer alone. Plus also not carrying around the shame and guilt that you've carried for years of all the things you're not proud of. And so you might not want the extreme ownership that I've taken, but to get out your story, you'll find that what you're seeking is seeking you and your vibe will attract your tribe and this magic thing happens. So when that Lewis is talking to me about stopping by the mastermind and talk about podcasting, Stop by and check it out. Well, one thing leads to another. I don't have time to stop by or I don't make it important. I suppose that's honestly a better way to say it. 
because something's that important to me, I would find or make time for it. And so we go back and forth as Lewis leaves Columbus, and we're at the event, and I see what he does with Wyclef being here, and I see the way he works the crowd. And I literally view it in that moment like Lewis is hanging out on stage the entire time with Wyclef Jean, like being his hype man, jumping into the crowd, doing all this crazy stuff. Got his girlfriend with him. Got his friends around. I'm like, man, how great of a life is that? This man gets to travel around, hang out with people that he enjoys their company, get to live really like his own version of a rock star, doing the things he wants to do, when he wants to do them, how he wants to do them. Like That's what life really is. He's just six years ahead of me right now. Cool. So I have a great time, and we're going back and forth on Sunday and Monday. And he starts talking about the, the mastermind. And there's some criteria to hit the mastermind. You have to have a seven-figure business and have to want to do good in the world, and there's these things to be a part of it. But then Lewis shares that it's a $50,000 buy-in to be a part of a mastermind with him. Yes, five, zero, 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 zero. $50,000. And so I say, great, what do you get for that? Genuinely curious. You get three meetings a year and to be with a group of individuals somewhere between 50 and 70 other people that are also at the same level and criteria. They meet for typically a day and a half, if not two days, every time for the three times a year. The brilliance of this comes from the fact that he invites people to speak that help teach and train the mastermind that have a skill set that's different but comparable to his. So the full day and a half or two days, he doesn't have to sit there and pontificate from in front of the room. He gets to use the leverage of the people that he knows that like him and respect him. And so it's this, it's this group, it's a syndicate of people that have value to add to the world. And in the meantime, he has 50 to 75 people that paid 50 grand. And for that 50 grand, their lives change. Like this is not something of like I pay 50 grand to hang out with Lewis House for, you know, six days a year. Again, you're already a seven-figure earner inside of your business and you want to make massive global impact. And what better way to learn from than those people that have already done it? I love it. I'm not knocking it. It might sound crazy to you, but I understand the model and I, I want in. It makes sense to me. But it makes so much sense to me. I'm like, man, I got to do that myself. And no, I personally might not be at a point where I could charge somebody 50 grand for my knowledge and the knowledge of those people that I associate with. But if I could meet four times a year, give people two days worth of value and have some strategic partnerships or I'll call it my own syndicate that I have five other badasses in their own right and we charge five grand to be a part of the mastermind, could, or, could we or could we not get the same 75 people to join? My answer is instantly yes. I think I could get 100. To know that you meet five, four times a year for two days at a time where we do a deep dive, strategic dive into your business, your relationships, your spirituality, your body with the best in the beacons of every part of those industries that are going to propel you to a new height that you haven't seen before. And so your 90-day challenges that I would call them, your 12-week trainings, that you're going to be forced to be accountable by going to this group, being a part of things, making commitments in front of your peers, hopping into a Facebook group, and being held accountable all the way through the process. Then every 12 weeks you come back and you check in. 
and you learn more and you go back and you apply more. Instantly, the answer is yes again. And so here I am like in a, in a two and a half day period, I spend, I guess it's more than two and a half days because Lewis came in on a, on a Monday and he didn't leave till the following Monday. So in a seven day period, my entire belief system around who I am or who I was and what I am capable of was shifted. I started putting Lewis on this pedestal when I first met him and not that Lewis is not a phenomenal man and not that he shouldn't be held in high regards, but there is an old belief system that he is different than I am. He is not. He has simply spent more time, more energy, and more effort into achieving what it is that he wants to achieve. It just so happens that what he has achieved is what I want to achieve. And not because I care necessarily about having my name thought of in the same regard as Lewis, but because I care about the impact that he is making. See, that's the only other difference to me. As you're considering looking up to somebody or looking for inspiration, I encourage you to consider what is the reason why you want what you want? Whose thoughts are you really thinking? I've not hit in any capacity. I love automobiles, love cars. I think every person on this planet should have the opportunity to drive, own, and just beat up the nicest car they want. I want a Rolls Royce. I've wanted one for longer than I can remember since I bought my first one with the dealership's money and drove it around for two weeks. There's just something different about them for me. But I don't want to make this impact or have this mastermind because I want at the end of the day to be able to afford a Rolls Royce. I don't really care about that in that capacity. What I want us to know is that the 100 people that came to that event, that when we get together for a group picture after one year, that their life is literally 10 times better than it was when we met. And that that gets me closer to my 120 million people because there's also a trickle-down effect that happens. I'm going to speak to you directly right now. Yes, you as you are listening. If you own a business or you want to own a business, I don't even care really, I guess, if you work in a business. If your life became 10 times better, would that not be infectious? And you spread that to at least your immediate family, your closest friends, your coworkers. How much does that trickle-down effect really happen? What's the osmosis that takes place based off your life leveling up? So no, I might not be able to directly say that I helped you and then your seven friends and then their spouses make their life better. But in the back of my mind, I can't help but think if I help you and your life does become better, that that's really like 20 people that get affected. That's 20 people whose lives might level up and one out of the 100 is going to end up going on a path that's comparable to mine and inspiring their own group of people. And I'm just in, I'm in awe of the fact that I was, the transformation that had happened in a seven day period of my mindset and belief system as it pertains to what I am capable of, which oddly enough is no different than what you're capable of. I know this episode, by the time you're consuming it, is going to be weeks in the future from what I posted today on social media. But I posted a picture of a behind the scenes of what all this really is. You see, you're listening to probably what sounds like crystal clear audio. Uploaded maybe through iTunes. What you don't see is the atmosphere in which it was created. 
literally the 16 by 16 square box that we insulated and hung the drywall ourselves. You don't see the exposed concrete. You don't see the old iPhone and iPod that are recording the videos on plastic tripods. You don't see Kurt sitting across from me with an iPad Pro altering between two camera angles, sitting there having to listen to this every time I want to record a show. Like we're all in this process of progress. I don't have what I want to have. I don't have what I will have. I don't have two or three or five $5,000 cameras all synced up to a, a high performance production quality studio setup. I don't have the most expensive, highest quality microphone. I don't have seven people following me around consuming or creating content for me, as well as pushing me out to the marketplace as a higher brand that I really am. I don't have that yet. But what I will have is all that eventually. Because it comes with time and consistency. It comes from exposing myself to people that are already doing it and then asking them how did they get there. It comes from altering and shifting my belief systems just like you can shift yours. So you're going to play as small or as big as you believe you can play. And if you're convinced you don't deserve something, if you convince you can't have something, then I can assure you will never have it. But I truly believe in every bit of who I am, the opposite of that ends up being true. If you believe ruthlessly that you can achieve something and you stick to it for long enough and you outlast that suck, as I refer to it, eventually the day comes where you get what you want. And when I want to have the mastermind and I want to have the event and I want to have an impact in people's lives and I want 120 million downloads, not 80 million downloads, and I want daily content, not three times a week content, and I want to be known as someone that wants something better for the world than I left it, than I took from it, I'll have it. I just have to keep going. Just like with you, there's something you want to do right now that you're fighting and not doing because you don't think you're good enough. How do I know? Because I was you. I was you as recently as three or four weeks ago in my own capacity. But at some point I took the first step and I agreed to try. And I agreed to reach out to the people I didn't think I could associate with. And I agreed to put myself out there and be vulnerable and share some stuff I wasn't proud of. And I agreed to skin my knees and make some mistakes. And through all that, my entire belief system's been able to be changed. And here I am learning all these lessons from Lewis Howes that completely shift where I will go. This little hour and a half that we spent together in the office and the extra maybe hour we've spent communicating and the five or six hours I spent at his event completely changed my belief system and what I know I'm capable of, not even think. I know. So I must ask you, where in your life is your belief system holding you back? The easiest one for most of us is our job, right? Almost every person I'm working with on the one of seven challenge wants to be an entrepreneur. They want their own business. They've just told themselves some bullshit story about why they can't do it. Well, if I use that as a litmus test for the majority of you listening right now, there's a chance you want to start something yourself. You just don't know the roadmap or the plan. It's a story you've told yourself that you don't deserve what you want. I'm here to challenge you to say you actually do. 
Maybe it's in the relationship side of things. I've got plenty of people that I'm working with that don't feel like they deserve the love that they ultimately want because they haven't ever felt it before. They haven't seen it. What I'll encourage you to do if you're one of those people, if that is you, is to shift that belief system and know that you are worthy and capable of love. Same thing in your body. Man, who doesn't want a better body? Who doesn't want to stop drinking? Who doesn't want to feel better and have more energy every morning? I know you do. We all do. But from that, it comes down to the belief system that you are capable and deserving of actually having what you want. And what I found is when you're willing to learn lessons and apply them and then ultimately shift your belief patterns from where you were at to where you want to go, every day you're able to get shit done. 